Proverbs chapter 13. I've mentioned many times how that in our study of Proverbs, many times it's just one single verse. They stand alone and uh, proclaim a truth. And that is uh, certainly the case tonight. We're going to read just a couple of verses, but focus in on one. Proverbs 13 and verse 13 says, Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed. But he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. The law of the wise is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of transgressors is hard. I want to ask the question, what does it mean to despise the word? It says, whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed. Well, a good place to begin is look at a dictionary. What does the word despise mean? It means to regard with contempt or disdain. It has the idea of not holding in any value. Its etymology comes from Latin, and the Latin word means to look down on. So if you hold something in contempt, you look down on it. it you don't think it's important. You don't think it's significant. It's, if it's not important to you, or if it doesn't hold a place of importance to you, you dismiss it, you, you just let it go. That is to what this word despise mean, means. A couple of synonyms, the way it's used in the scripture, this root Hebrew word, uh, it can mean to scorn. Uh, Proverbs 30, verse 17, the eye that mocketh at his father and despiseth or scorns to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out and young eagles shall eat it. Now, that's a, that's a pretty graphic verse of scripture, but it is warning uh, children about their attitude toward parental instruction, scorn. Or it's also used in the idea of belittling. Uh, Proverbs eleven twelve. he that is void of wisdom despiseth his neighbor, belittles his neighbor, mocks his neighbor, but a man of understanding holdeth his peace. Proverbs 14, 21, he that despiseth his neighbor sinneth, but he that hath mercy on the poor, happy is he. So our text here in verse 13 of chapter 13 says, whoso despiseth the word, shall be destroyed. So the focus is on what God says. What does God say? What is your attitude toward God's word? It says when we despise God's word, we'll be destroyed. Again, uh, looking at that word, it means to be ruined. To be ruined. So when we do not take God's word and hold it in high regard, and allow it to work in our hearts by the Spirit of God, we are only hurting ourselves. Martin Luther said about that phrase, destroys himself, it means shall bring destruction on himself. So the consequences of despising God's word, Luther making application, is to bring self-destruction. An old commentator by the name of Charles Bridges said, he who scorns instruction will pay for it. 
But he who respects God's command will be rewarded. Let me read that again. He who scorns instruction and by application or implication, God's instruction will pay for it. But he who respects God's command will be rewarded. So I want to give you just quickly four ways that we despise God's word or we potentially can despise God's word. Now, this isn't one of them, but, you know, it's interesting to see how people treat their Bible. I was in Israel many, many years ago. Our guide was a Muslim. So he doesn't believe that Jesus is the son of God. He doesn't believe that the Bible is the word of God. But a person in the tour group, he knows his Bible. Every place we went, he was... Yeah, if you look in this passage and da da da, and bring it to, and somebody laid their Bible down on the ground to take a picture, and he ran over there and picked it up. He said, "If that's your holy book, what are you doing putting it on the ground?" I thought, "Here's a Muslim who doesn't even believe it, who holds it in higher regard than we do." By the way, mom and dad, it's good to teach your children to handle the physical copy of the word of God with respect. If it's God's word, then it ought to be held in high value. Eh, That's another point, but that's not one I'm sharing. Here's four, okay? Number one, we despise God's word when we minimize it. What do I mean by minimize it? Uh, What I'm talking about there is when we devalue it, when we diminish its significance you know this is the person that says yeah i yeah i know that's what it says but come on this is 2022 we need to be enlightened i mean let's not let's not be extreme here let's not get carried away it's the idea of not allowing the word of god to speak with force into our lives Proverbs chapter 1, if you want to turn back, I'm going to read a few selected verses here. Proverbs 1 verse 25 says, but ye have said it not all my counsel. What, what does that mean? You have said that my counsel means nothing. That's what the word not. You've said it not. You've set it aside. It doesn't matter. You said it not all my counsel and would none of my reproof. Look down then at verse number 30. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. Look, folks, the word of God means what it says. You know, some people you, buy into this idea, well, it's too complex for me to understand. I, don't, I didn't go to Bible college. I don't have all those books you have. The truth of the matter is sometimes having all those resources is a detriment rather than a blessing. Because we study so much what man says rather than just what God says. Now, I know that there are some words that you got to get used to if you're not, if you didn't grow up in a, in a church ethic that uses uh, the King James Version. But the truth of the matter is that it's a very small number of of words and uh, they they are easily resolved. But we we believe and teach 
in our Bible college, and this is my position, a literal, grammatical, historical interpretation. In other words, what it says it means. Follow the grammar. Do you know sometimes in my Bible study, I will actually, don't tell the high school kids that I said this. I will actually diagram the sentences to figure out, to make sure I have the right adjectives to the right nouns and figuring it all out. What is God actually saying? But it is understandable if we take what the Bible says in Timothy, to study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. While I was away one morning, I was reading my, my New Testament reading, and I read the book of First Peter, and it was like the Holy Spirit said, you've never given this book the value you should. So next month, I'm going to read First Peter through every day. I'm just going to soak in it. Who knows? It may become a sermon series. Sorry to scare you about that. But the reality is, folks, we can know what God wants us to know. If God wanted it to say something different, he would have used different words. The Holy Spirit gave the words to holy men of old for us today. So don't diminish it. Don't downplay it. Don't minimize it. Allow God to use his word in your life. We despise God's word when we downplay. Oh, I'm sure that's not what he means. That's a little too extreme. Whatever area we're talking about, that's one way we diminish the word of God or we, uh, or, or we despise the word. Secondly, we despise the word when we ignore what it says. It's not that we're downplaying it. We understand rightly what it says. We understand what God is saying to us. We, we can read it, we can meditate on it, we can draw it out, but though we know what God says, we don't do what God says. We ignore it. Now, I, I will admit I wasn't the best father in the world. I, I worked hard at it, but if my kids wanted to get my goat, it was to ignore what I said. Of course, it never lasted long. There were very quick consequences to that one. And I'm just a human who is sinner saved by grace. What about a holy God who purposefully gave us all things that we need to be successful in this Christian life? And then we arrogantly say, yeah, I know what it says. I know what it means, but I'm not doing it. I'm not going there. I'm not, I'm not changing. We ignore what it says. This is not talking about a person who, like those in Mongolia, don't have a copy of the Word of God. This is talking about you and me who've had the privilege of owning many copies, hearing, teaching, and preaching, and the opportunity to grow. We know what it says, but we blatantly ignore or reject what it says. And we like to make the excuse, well, my situation is different. If you knew what, you know, my background, if you knew my situation, you'd give me a little grace there. And yes, we are to give each other grace. That's on our plane. But what about God's view? Imagine just telling God no. The foolishness of that. That's what we're talking about. 
Proverbs 23, verse 9 says, Speak not in the ears of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of thy words. You remember in Luke 16, the story of Lazarus and the rich man. The rich man died, and in hell he opened his eyes in torment. Then you have that dialogue between him and Abraham across the great gulf, and he begs Abraham to have somebody to rise from the dead and go talk to my five brothers that they not end up here. What did Abraham say? Verse 31, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. You know what he's saying? They have all they need right here. By the way, so do you. And so do I. Do you know that we have no excuse for being a failure in our spiritual life? If you're saved, you have the Spirit of God in you, you have the Word of God in your hand. God's given you all you need to know, and the Spirit of God is your teacher. So when we ignore the Word of God, actually what we are doing is putting ourselves above God. I know better than God. I know better how to direct my life. I know better how to resolve this conflict. I know better how to... When God has given us everything we know, what we need to know. James 1, what does it say? He that looketh into the perfect law of liberty and goeth away and acts like he didn't see anything, the, the implicate, I'm not quoting it now, I'm, I'm giving you the amplified wall version, which please don't hold me hostage for that. But what, what he said was, it was a fool. Why did you look? If you're not going to do, why did you come? Sometimes people through the years, you know, I'm not talking about anything recently. I have people come and ask counsel. I show them from the word of God what God says, and they go and do their own thing anyway. They were just hoping to get a rubber stamp on what they wanted to do. And I asked myself, why did you come ask? I, it's not that I'm God, but if, if you're not even going to weigh it out and pray about it, then why ask? So we despise God's word when we ignore what it says. We despise God's word when we minimize what it says. Thirdly, we despise God's word when we refuse what it says. By the way, before I move on, because these are close, to ignore it often includes the Christian who never reads it. Yes, I have a Bible. It's right over there on this shelf. Right? If God said to you, I want to meet with you face to face at Tim Hortons. I don't think God drinks coffee, but you would not miss that appointment. Right? Neither would I. But we ignore the word of God in our daily life. Well, I can make it today. I don't need anything today. I don't have a big deal going today. And then we run to it like it's our safety net because we're on the trapeze that particular day. No, God feeds us daily. And we need the word of God. Don't ignore it. Thirdly, don't refuse it. Proverbs repeatedly uses the analogy of how fools 
will not listen to instruction. Uh, we'll just look at two. Turn back, keep your finger here, but turn back to chapter 9. Look at verse number 7. Proverbs 9, 7. He that reproveth a scorner getteth to himself shame. And he that rebuketh a wicked man getteth himself a blot. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. See that antithetical comparison? The fool rejects instruction. The wise seeks, abides in, takes it personally, applies the instruction. Look at chapter 12, verse 1. Whoso loveth instruction loveth knowledge, but he that hateth reproof is brutish. Look down at verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. It's not wrong to have a discussion with somebody that you don't agree with, or you don't see the eye to eye, to eye with, but it is not wise to hold that discussion if you refuse to be changed. Have you ever thought you might be wrong? I know that's a hard thing to consider. But when you're having the discussion with the Spirit of God and the Word of God, guess what? If we're contrary to it, we're wrong. Because God is not. It is the perfect law of liberty notice down later on in chapter 13 verse number 18 poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction but he that regardeth reproof shall be honored you see uh, submission to god's word god's instruction is essential to having a successful christian life the Bible says in Psalm 14, 1, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. If you look at it, the two words there is are in italics, meaning that the translators inserted them trying to help the flow, help us understand. But you read it literally, it says, the fool has said in his heart, no God. You see, when God's spirit brings conviction, our first response shouldn't be resistance, but repentance. Because we're wrong, he's right. Second Chronicles 36, 16, but they mocked the messengers of God and despised his words and misused his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people till there was no remedy. So we despise God's word when we minimize it. That's not important, it's not valuable. We diminish it, what it's saying. We despise God's word when we ignore it. We live without it. Ignorance is bliss. We don't, know what it, we don't want to know what it says because we don't want to feel conviction. Thirdly, we despise God's word when we refuse it. And fourthly, we despise God's word when we try to live the Christian life without heeding what it says. Have you ever thought about 
the fact that John chapter 1 tells us that the Lord Jesus Christ is the Word. Let me, let me read you two verses. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. I'm going to make a statement here. I want you to think about it. Our treatment and response to the word of God reveals our treatment and response to the son of God. Folks, this isn't just a book, some random writer. This is the Lord Jesus Christ speaking to us by the Holy Spirit of God. And how we react to what the word says reveals our attitude toward the Lord Jesus Christ. And in fact, we probably shouldn't use the word Lord because if we're being optional regarding our obedience, then he's not ruling. We despise God's word when we try to live this Christian life without heeding what it says. Notice the second half of our text, verse 13. But he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. We talk about the importance of the fear of God, not an emotional response, but an attitude of submission, recognizing who the Lord is. You could put it this way. The fear of God shows itself in our practical righteousness. The Bible tells us about Job. Job chapter 1, verse 1. He feared God and avoided evil. That's what it says. He turned away. He feared the Lord and used that old-fashioned Old Testament word. He eschewed evil. The idea is to reject outright, to turn away from. In contrast, Psalm 128 verse 1 says that when we fear the Lord, we will walk in his ways. The verse reads, blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord and walketh in his ways. So someone who fears the Lord receives the instruction of the word of God with reverence, humbles himself before the word of God, and in submission keeps God's commands, fearing the Lord so much that they fear to break his commandments. I've told you many times about my father. He was a wonderful man. I wish you could know him. And I'll be sure to introduce you when you get to heaven. But my dad had my heart in such a way, even as a teenager, the last thing I wanted to do was to disappoint my father. I'm not kidding. I'm not just preaching. I'm not telling you a story. That's the absolute truth. And I wish I had that kind of regard for my God that I live my life every day, moment by moment, never wanting to disappoint my heavenly father. That's the fear of the Lord. Ecclesiastes 8.13 says, But it shall not be well with the wicked, neither shall he prolong his days, which are as a shadow, because... He feareth not before God. But again, contrast that with Psalm 112, verse 1. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. 
write down this statement and meditate on it. I've said it, but now I'm going to say it to you where you write it down. Obedience brings blessing. Disobedience brings conflict or judgment. Obedience brings blessing. Disobedience brings conflict or judgment. You say, Pastor, I'm just not... I just don't feel like my Christian life is what it ought to be. I don't feel like I'm going forward. I don't feel like God is pleased. I'm frustrated. I would suggest to you that you pray David's prayer, search me, O Lord, and see where it is that you're disobedient. Because disobedience always brings conflict. I'm not saying if you're an obedient Christian, you'll always get what you want. But I am saying God will always be what you need. It says here in our text, the person who feareth the commandments shall be rewarded. It's an interesting word. It has the idea of being in a covenant of peace. Its root meaning means to be complete or sound. It has the, uh, you've, you've heard the Hebrew greeting, shalom. It means far more than simply peace. It means the ab, uh, not just the absence of strife, but a sense of wholeness and completeness and harmony. It, it's found over a hundred times in our Bible. Psalm 19, verse 11, Moreover, by them is thy servant ward, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Notice that the reward doesn't come in the knowing of them, but in the keeping of them. It's not how much Bible you know, it's how much Bible you live. It's where God rewards. I love Psalm 119, 165. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. If I am in an upheaval in my soul, it's because I'm not loving the law of God as much as I should. So it's a great warning. Proverbs 13, 13, don't despise the word of God. Proverbs 1, 7 teaches that to despise God's word is the action of a fool or the characteristic of a fool. Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Malachi 1.6 says that when we despise God's name, it brings his wrath. The son honoreth his father and the servant his master. If then I be a father, where is mine honor? If I be a master, where is my fear? Saith the Lord of hosts unto you, O priests, that despise my name. And ye say, wherein have we despised thy name? And here in our text, Proverbs 13, 13, despising God's word brings judgment, destruction, harm on herself. So the challenge here, don't despise God's word. Don't diminish it. Don't minimize it. Take it at face value and live it out. Don't ignore it. Make it your daily walk in the cool valley of God's blessing, Psalm 23 describes. Don't 
don't, uh, I'm sorry, no, I lost my train of thought. Don't, don't refuse it. Don't, don't, don't argue with it. Don't deny it. Take it at face value. And don't try and live the Christian life without it. Have you ever wondered, in conclusion, how David, the man that is described in Scripture as his heart beating with God's heart, we describe him as a sweet psalmist of Israel, how he could commit the horrible sin of Second of First Samuel uh, or Second Samuel chapter eleven. Well, chapter 12 of 2 Samuel says in verse 9, Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? You see, to despise God's truth, God's commands, God's instruction is to set yourself up for failure. But to love it, to live it, to submit to it in humility is the way to find grace. Don't despise the word.